Hey, it's your girl Tanisha Travis. I know it's been a minute, but <laughs> your girl's been busy. It's tax season. Had a lot going on. Still do, but I feel it was time to drop some more nuggets. So this is my third episode and it's one I really need to talk about. <laughs> it's been about three weeks now that this has been on my mind. Lately, I have been very busy sociably, which is surprising to me. And um, being sociable has me thinking about a few things that um, I thought I should bring to the forefront. So today's episode is who's in your circle? Lately, I have been invited to a lot of social events that are not a part of my close-knit circle that I usually, you know, attend events with and have fun with. I'm the type of woman who is very open to meeting people, but I'm very quiet and observant when I first come around people. So with me being so sociable lately, I have been very observant, very observant. And don't get me wrong, I've enjoyed myself when I've come to the events I've gone to, but it's brought up a few questions for me as to who's in my circle and am I still the right fit for who's in my circle or have I grown or am I stagnant those are the things that I started questioning myself about so let's just get to it so I sat down one day actually I was driving from one event to another event and my little sister called me on the phone and I was telling her <laughs> that I keep hearing my next podcast has to be about who's in your circle. And she was, of course, like my cheerleader or whatever, saying, yes, yes, yes. So we were having these conversations as I was driving. I hated I couldn't record it because I would have put it into this segment because <clears throat> I want people to understand this is just not my full point of view. I do have conversations with other people. It's just that it's always off the cuff. It's like right then and there. It's great conversations, but I don't record them. I got to get better with that. But anyway, the conversation I had with my sister, we were just talking about, you know, the people who are that we tend to have around us. And um, I was just telling her that I've always had great friendships and I've had my 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 longest friendship that I I've had. Mm, it has to be a good forty plus years, literally. And when I say friendships, I even say that with you know some of my family, like cousins, because sometimes, and I'm learning in this generation, your family you may not be close to them anymore. But I do have some cousins who I love, 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 love. I can't never get rid of them. They can't get rid of me. <laughs> but I consider it sisterhoods, a sisterhood that we have. 
So when I sat and thought about traveling in different circles, you know, I thought about what is the etiquette that you should have when you're you're not in your close knit circle and how you should conduct yourself in other etiquettes because I've learned very recently that some people don't have an etiquette when it comes to what's off limits when there's a new person or someone you don't know that's in your in your actual circle that's a visitor as I I would put it. So first, I'm going to talk about for me the types of friends that I have in my circle and even some that I need to add to my circle. So I sat and I wrote it down. I thought about it. And I do know that great friendships are priceless. And I will say that just off my own experience of me going through the different changes I've gone through within the last five years of my life. You know, I had that one friend that checked on me every single day, every day, every single day. And I say I emphasize that because it's what I needed to on days where I just know if, didn't know if I was coming or if I was going. So, you know, I do know that through friendships, there are different people that you attract in your life for different reasons and different seasons. So I do have friends like the one thing I thought about was that kindred soul, that one that, you know, they don't always have the answers, but they understand. And then they always sense when something is off, you know, it's like your sister from another mother It's like y'all click. She may not have an answer, but she going to listen and she understands, even if it's some stuff that, you know, you shouldn't be doing. She has that just that no she's that no judgments zone for you and every woman should have that person in their life just for you to be able to speak your your speak it hear yourself say it but it's no judgment they just there just because they know you've been there for them and they're returning that favor to you you know and then you know I, <laughs> I laugh at this one because I have I've in my own way have been a fighter but not a fighter far as it takes a lot for me to be a fighter like I put it to you like this I've been had friendships where there are things that have gone on and I've kept my opinion to myself until someone has asked me because I never want to put myself off on someone but It's always good to have that one person that's in your circle that's the loudest one in the circle. And I mean, this friend has zero problems telling you what's on her mind. She's no nonsense. And her attitude is just like, look here, I'm going to come to you real. I'm going to tell you what it's about. But at the end of the day, you know she's sincerely coming because she loves you. And she's speaking her truth to you. You always got to keep that person around. Because I already know I've been in some stuff that I know I should not have been in. And I've had that one friend who gonna pull me to the side and be like, look here, this is not you. I've never seen you like this before. Let's get this together. Let's get this ish together right now. I don't like it. And then she move on. And I love it. But let somebody come for me the wrong way. Oh, she coming. I mean, full force. And I love it. You always should have a fighter in your corner. Because sometimes... You may not even see what's coming your way, but that person that's very diligent and watching 
Oh, they're going to pull your coattails and let you know. I will never, ever, ever, ever forget, ever forget a young lady that was in my circle. She's in my circle now, but years ago, we had kind of lost track of each other, but we were running in the same circles, but I had somebody that I was talking to about my marriage who I thought was my friend. This young lady would go back and tell my business to the other circle, (laughs) wholeheartedly tell, like it was okay. I had no idea, no clue. And it's not like what I was telling her was something that would like ruin me forever or whatever, but it was just me talking. That one fighter who I had not talked to in about three and a half years, maybe two years, let me say two and a half years, she called me. And this is what she said, and I'm being real. Bitch, keep your business to yourself. I don't care. I am burning up. I'm mad on the inside because I love you. I know who you are. I know what you're about. And it burns me up that somebody think that you trust can come and tell your business. Shut your mouth. And guess what? From that day, and this happened maybe 10, 15 years ago, I have never entrusted anybody about my relationship as far as my marriage or anything after that because she taught me right then and there the ones who are so sincere with you they might not have the best views for you they're not there for you they actually laughing because they want what you got and they happy that you're suffering so that's my transparent moment because I love her to life call for actually calling me she had to call me she had to say one word to me but guess what she made me move all totally different way and I love it I love her for that she all and she know who she is then you know you always need that motivator (laughs) I'm a motivator that one who gonna challenge you about the places you need to go in your life about the one that comes call you and say hey I thought you was gonna finish school or hey what happened to that new job choice you said you were gonna go for or hey I thought you said that you was trying to lose weight I ain't heard from you this week you ain't checked in with me I am that motivator and I'm also that one when I have that conversation with you I always stay up front I'm not going to chase you and but if it's okay with you, I'm gonna check in with you from time to time because I want you, I want you to eat, I want you to live the way I live and better. I want you to have whatever goal you're trying to reach, I want to be there with you, I want to strive, I want to have that success with you. So you always want to have a motivator, a, a motivator in your in your corner, just somebody that's your inspiration. And it took me a long time as a person to accept that I was an inspiration to to people because at first it was overwhelming because there was so much judgment that came with it but when God shows you what your purpose is and you walk in it fully he protects you from the things that are there to try to hurt you or hinder you so now I'm able to be a motivator and I don't I don't wear my feelings on my sleeve when I offend people because of just naturally who I am. I just have to um, look the other way and not worry about that because it's something within that person. So to all my motivators out there, do what you do and keep being you because it's well worth it. And you should always have somebody in your circle that most definitely is a motivator.
Now, I did talk about having that confidant. You do need somebody that is your confidant. My main confidant, and I would tell anybody, is Jesus. I tell him everything. I talk to him in full confidence because I know for sure he he always sends that vessel that I need for what I've asked him for. And I'm so grateful for that. But you do need a confidant. And I say that as you grow older and learn stuff, you'll know that person that can be your confidant because you'll just be, you'll, you'll have that connection. And I can say that, you know, with your private matters, they are the safest with her or him because it might not be a woman. It might be a man. And you'll know it. You'll just know when it's a per- you can trust someone. I've been a confident for a lot of people. I don't take that lightly. I, I I'm grateful because through being a confidant, I've learned so many things. It's opened my eyes to things, and it's also showed me that those who are walking around here not showing their feelings on their sleeve. They just as wounded and hurt on the inside too. And they sometimes just need that listening ear. So having that confident, confident when you need them, is just the best space in the world. Because I do know that he or she will guard your secrets with their life. That's the person you need. Because I'm finding more and more that as I have com- conversations with people, people who call me, I'm like, I'm in these different spaces of my life women going through the same situations but they don't want to be transparent because they're so worried about what how the next person is going to judge them and these are not light matters either but I can count on my on both my hands how many women that I've been around going through the same stuff same stuff but nobody's willing to just be themselves you know they're just wearing a mask and just going through life but then sometimes it it's breaking you down physically mentally all of that so i encourage everyone who's listening to this to find you a confidant find you someone you can talk to i mean it may not be that you want to like you want to give that information to your mom you may have an aunt you may have an elder that that's just not judgmental that can, you know, really give you some advice that you need and don't worry about the judgment because when we suffer in silence, it's sometimes killing some things on the inside of us that we need to bring to life. So I, I just encourage you to find that confident, have that confidant in your, in your circle. And then it's always that rock. Now, that rock is the person that's there for you when you at your weakest. She's so strong. She has so many words of wisdom and support. So just to echo in your heart and your soul when you just, you don't think you can do another thing. I mean, she just has made that room for you to be there strong for you when you at your weakest. Everybody need a rock. Everybody. And I will say that your rock they will be that person that will make room in their heart for you. And make sure you thank her for being your rock. And always show her some love. 
because there are a lot of strong women out here that's taking in a whole lot for other women, but they are carrying so many burdens and crosses because that's who they are. They don't have anybody reciprocating to them what they pouring out. So make sure you always show, show them that love. You have to. You also need that one, or it might be two. I love it. You need that person that's, that woman that's successful about her business and is always willing to share and pour into you. I would even say I have a woman in my life who has been, I mean, just amazing to me. She's a wonderful wife, a wonderful mother about her business. And guess what? She's beautiful on the inside and the outside. She has always poured into me and given me so many nuggets. That's with career, with family, and also with wisdom of how you should hold yourself as a woman. You know, everything that goes on is not shareable. Sometimes you have to go and talk to God about it. So she has been there for me when I've had small questions to major, major things in my life. I love her. I met her when I was 14 and I would never, ever, ever take for granted anything she's ever told me. And the last word she's, the last conversation I had with her, it was like, it gave me tears as I drove home. She told me that I'm so humble that she is just so proud of me for being a, becoming a young woman that I am now and how I'm giving back and that to continue on the path that I'm on because she sees nothing but greatness that really touched my heart because my heart was heavy on the inside um, at that time because I never want anyone to think that what I'm doing is just for vanity I always have a heart to help to give back to uplift another woman and never crush them so that just that just gave me the fuel that I needed to continue on my path. It's like I had talked to God about it. And right then and there, she stepped in with that message to tell me she was my that vessel that God sent to me. And I'm forever grateful. I love her so much. She's just a wonderful woman. So these are the people that you should have in your circle. Now, let me get to... <laughs> The etiquette of when you travel in other circles. So, as I said, I've been very sociable lately. Been invited to places and I have not said no. I've gone. Uh, Because I'm just, I'm in a different space and I'm being open-minded. But as I've been out sociably, I've thought about etiquette. So, for me, with my close-knit niche circle... We are comfortable. We are who we are. You know who we are. For me to go into another circle or be invited out with another, a different group of women, my one thing is I'm always watching to see, is this a positive group? I'm always watching to see, what, you, what is your conversation about? Because for me, for me, it's about growth. My whole motto is it's about pouring into each other, learning some things that I haven't learned before, enriching me, pouring into me, giving me what I need. Our conversation should be like-minded. And mind you, I mean, that first time that I go out and I'm invited somewhere, it may be a different type of 
vibe because, hey, I'm a new person. You don't know me, but I'm watching and I'm listening. And when I say etiquette, some things are just meant not to be, conversations are not meant to be had when there's a newbie or a guest in your circle. I'm the type of woman that if you're in my circle, but you're not at that table when we're having conversations, I shouldn't have anything, nothing but pleasant things to talk about, about you, to say about you. I don't think that it's cool when women get together and they talk about the woman who's not there to have that conversation to defend herself because not all women are the same. Me, somebody could talk about you, but I'm still going to reserve my thoughts about you until I meet you and get to know who you are. I feel that if you're woman enough to come to a table and talk about another woman behind her back, you should be strong enough to have that conversation with her in her face because you never know how other people are going to relay that message that you said back to that woman. And just to get rid of the confusion about things, I feel that at this day and age and our the ages that we are now, it shouldn't be these type of conversations that's going on. It should be conversations about, hey, you know, how, you know, eating right or, or, you know, work, somebody talking about working out, somebody talking about, hey, I'm trying to buy this house or, hey, something happened with my credit. I'm trying to figure this out. It ain't got to be as detailed about what happened with your credit, but it could be a conversation about something like that or, you know, hey, I'm trying to buy this house. I'm trying to buy this car. I'm trying to sell this house. Just uplifting stuff. Or, you know what? I got this stuff with my, my children. I'm trying to figure this stuff out. Or, hey, or conversations that I have all the time with people. You know what? I'm trying to figure out what's causing this situation that's going on with me. It, it shouldn't be about how you're knocking the next woman or the next man or, you know, something that, that someone told you in confidence about their relationship. That's just stuff that I think is petty. And I think that you're not going to, you don't learn and grow from it. It just becomes toxic. And I just feel that a lot of women, if they don't feel that they're fitting in in a circle, they tend to come with all this energy that's just negative, you know, or they're trying to up one, you know, like I said in a, a group not too long ago, what is one person? Talked about everything she had, everything, the type of car she drove, her house and her kids. And, and, and it wasn't like it was a, like, I'm proud of my kids, blah, blah. It was more of how she, somebody is talking about something. She want to one up you. And I was just like annoyed. Like I wish she would shut up because I mean, the caliber of women sitting here, they got just as much as you. They just not talking about it. And it's just. Just because you haven't found your your um, your balance in that circle, sometimes just sit back and listen because you learn a lot by just listening. And give drop words of nuggets or tips, just wisdom to people instead of trying to up somebody or trying to you know down the next woman. And even. As I would put it, the etiquette of the women in that circle to want to stop the, the, the toxic things that go on and want to have the positive things, you know, to go 
and leave a, you know, you join, you come together and you leave in a more peaceful way than a more of an uproar and it's, it's nothing that's peace about it. I have been with a circle lately that I will never, ever, ever sit with again. And I say that in confidence and I say that if I'm invited again, I will decline and I will respectfully tell that person why. There are other couple of circles where I'm looking like, yeah, I can hang with you. I like you. You know, it'll take some time for me to get to know them on a level where I'm okay with putting my guard down, but that's going to take some time. (laughs) And I say it like that because, yeah, some things you definitely should keep to yourself until you know you are in a safe space. That's what I call it. But I always, I put this podcast together because I want pe- I want women to break out of that circle that you're in and explore because I know it's some people I need to t- latch on to and some I need to break free from because I am so different now I love who I am and my conversations are different my motivation is different and I'm trying to get to another level with being free being happy and just giving back I just that's what I want and I know that if I don't add those women in my life that's gonna challenge me challenge me even more and that I can pull from to get to where I want to get to I'm gonna stay stagnant and that doesn't mean that I'm letting go everybody it's a few though I'm gonna let go and then it's not gonna be that harsh conversation. It's just that hey, we just won't talk as much as we used to. I still love them, but some people have to be left in a space where they are so that maybe they can grow in a different way. So I just say this because it was on my heart. It kept coming back to me. It kept coming back to me. And I just think that as grown women, we most definitely shouldn't entertain certain things at this part in this part of our life. So if you have people in your life who are toxic, if they one-sided with friendships, they bring nothing but drama, and they are a taker, and they're not pouring into you, or they're in competition with you, it's time to let them go. It's not even worth it anymore. So I hope that this has reached someone where they are in their lives, and they're trying to make some decisions on what they need to do. Because most definitely this was has been on my mind for a couple of weeks and I just had to get it out. So, as I do every time at the end of my podcast, I will say to each and every person, embrace your uniqueness and walk in your purpose. And I pray that this reaches you where you where you are in your life right now. Bye-bye. What's up, everybody? This is Tanisha Travis. I'm coming back to you guys today because I have time to do so. I'm actually coming today because I wanted to talk about buying a home. This might be your first home that you're thinking about buying or you're thinking about buying another home. I just felt that It would be cool to come and give some tips about buying a home. Um, As I stated in 
as I stated in my first podcast, that I was a realtor for 10 years. I also held a mortgage broker's license too. So I think I'm pretty well versed in talking about buying a home and some of the pitfalls that we run into. So I thought it would be cool to just come to you guys and talk about that. So the first thing when I, I would say that it's steps to becoming a homeowner. So my first step, I would say, before you do anything, you want to make sure that you have a down payment. A lot of people um, think they want to buy a home, but they have no idea that you do have to have money down to buy a house. Now, you can put no money down. That's the lowest, zero. Or you can go up to 3% or even higher. It just depends on the type of loan that you're going for. Now, when I say zero, I'm sure eyes perked up and it was like, okay, let's do this. Um, Zero percent applies to you when you want to get a VA loan. So that's if you were our veteran or your significant other or whoever you're buying a house with um, as a veteran. They should be eligible for a VA loan. You don't have to put anything down. You're all good when it comes to purchasing. So that's one less thing that you have to worry about. The next thing is if you just really like, oh, I don't have that much to put down, go with a FHA loan. A FHA loan will allow you to put 3% down of the purchase price of the home and you could get you a home. The only thing I would say is with a FHA loan or any loan that you get that you pay put down less than 20%, you're going to have to pay PMI which is called private mortgage insurance. Now, mind you, private mortgage insurance does not cover, protect you. It literally protects the um, the lending bank that gave you the money. It protects them. So if you go into foreclosure and lose your home, they get their money back. Unlike you, you you paying them, you paying for their protection. But if you go into foreclosure, that's it. You don't get to keep your home. There's no legal way you can say, "Hey, I've been paying this money." PMI is for you to pay for the lender to be protected to give you money to get a house. Okay, so that's the first thing you want to do. You want to make sure that you have a down payment. And if you don't want to pay the extra PMI. Try to get the 20%. It's worth it because you add up the amount that you're paying for PMI. It can add up. It's pretty much where you have to get that loan down to at 80%. And then you can say, hey, take this PMI off. It's just what, to me, it's wasted money. So I would say most, most definitely make sure you can do what you can do to get to the 20%. The second thing, step that I put down is to check your credit. Now, at first I thought this should be the first step, but in all actuality, someone who's looking to buy a house, I'm thinking you know about credit. So check your credit score to see where you are, okay? Credit scores mean so much to you because it 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 pretty much tells if you can get a mortgage and how much you're going to pay for that mortgage. So the higher your credit score is, the better your um, 
your interest rate is going to be. And did I make a news flash before all this that interest rates are at zero point whatever now? This is the best time to buy a house, okay? I know right now we quarantine, we doing a, you know, we in our bubbles, but when you come up out, we come up out of these bubbles, I don't see interest rates shooting up that quickly. This is the time for you to begin your stuff, your ducks in line, so that when you come out, you can hit the ground running and go ahead and go get that house that you've been thinking about, you've been dreaming about, and wondering if it's even attainable, okay? Now, I would say that for me, I use creditkarma.com. I've used them for years. They are available to you. Um, it's a free credit service. And because they're owned by TransUnion, your credit scores are definitely true. Okay? I can tell you that <laughs> when your credit is ran through a direct mortgage company, they sometimes use something a little different. Um scoring system but here's the kicker it's not that big a difference of a scoring system if you're looking at your credit you can kind of see hey this is where i'm at i can't afford a home i got the money my credit is good i'm good the thing about a credit karma that i like too is it alerts me if credit is pulled it alerts me if i get a collection on my account it alerts me if something fell off my account it even tell me in the months the next month hey you did good then nothing happened you all good another thing i like about credit karma is they have this thing called score simulator now say for instance your score is a little iffy you can go into the score simulator and say, hey, what if I pay off these collections? Or what if I dispute this stuff? Or, you know, what if I lower my credit cards? It will give you what your score will go up to. Believe me, I done played with it. I done done what they said and it worked. So, hands down, I'm speaking from experience. Credit Karma is your friend. I would say most definitely use it. Check them out. They worth it. Now, the third step that... I would say, or what I did was, I got my pre-approval for my mortgage. Now, mind you, getting a pre-approval can sometimes be a little tricky, okay? So, it depends on who your mortgage, your mortgage broker is. Let me give you a little story. So, I went to buy my first home, okay? Went to a local person who knew the area, long story short. I found a home in a really nice area. Um, and come to find out, the home was about to go into foreclosure. So, they were looking for bids for the home, okay? So, we told this guy, oh, we like this house. He was like, we just got to do a bid. I'm like, okay, cool. So, he was like, I suggest you do what their asking price is, which I did. I actually put an extra 2000 on it because I really wanted this house. So, a couple of days went by. The guy said that he put the, the um, bid in. He did not put the deep bid in, okay? I went to the office, couldn't catch him, couldn't find him. I talked to the secretary. She was like, um, he's not in again. I said, well, how can I find out if my bid went through? What happened? She gives me the website. So, I go home, get on AOL. So, this tells you how long ago it was. And I looked up. This website. Now, mind you, on this website, it gives you the last name of the bidders, okay? I went through and logged off, logged in like 15 times because I could not find my name. 
And then when I saw the bid, that bid that was accepted, the one that was for asking price, okay? Everybody else was trying to underbid. So now I'm steaming because I'm like, I would have got this house. So I go look for this guy. I finally catch him in the office. I said, hey, whatever happened to my bid? You ain't heard from you, blah, blah. He was like, oh, I've been really busy. He said, but no, you didn't get it. Somebody else got it. So come to find out, somebody else in the office had a client looking for at that same house. They won a bid because he didn't put our bid in. So, yeah, I told him about himself. I fired him. And at the time, I didn't know I could um, report his ass because I would have, but I didn't know at the time. I got in my car. I was real, real mad because I had been looking for a house for so long. I went home, found me another realtor, and I was like, what if this happened again? I said, I'm going to get my license. Forget him and bump him. So I went, signed up for real estate school. Mind you, I get to real estate school, and I'm sitting amongst CPAs and attorneys who, by law, could just walk in and take a test and not take a class. They were sitting in that class because the real estate test was so hard they couldn't pass it. I went, I rocked that class out, and I passed that test on the first try because I was like, I can't do this again. I need all my knowledge. I give myself so many kudos for that because I was so, so happy about that, okay? So I got that license, and then I was thinking to myself, man, I didn't even like this last person that gave me a pre-approval. I don't even know if he was telling me the truth. He was shady too. I went and got my broker's license too so I could do mortgages and I can um, sell homes. I did all of it, okay? So, I would say get you a mortgage broker so you can get your pre-approval. When I was a mortgage broker, I always talked to my people about their credit. I educated them on that. I also talked to them about their what's called debt-to-income ratio. Pretty much debt-to-income ratio is how much debt you have and how much percentage of your income is it taking from you, okay, to pay those debts. So the rule of thumb, when you're going to buy a house, you don't want to have more than 36% of your debt so taken away from your income. For me, I go at 30% because at the end of the day, you want that debt to be as low as possible because that's going to affect your affordability of the home you want. So that's a tip for that. I also would say as a broker, I always would tell my people, check out a home affordability calculator because it's going to allow you to put in what your income is, how much of a down payment you get, what your debts are, and it's going to tell you up front too, this is what you can afford. This is the amount of a home you can afford so you can fact check what i done told you because you want to be as educated as possible i would also say this for me as a person and how i grew up it was just always important for me to when i purchased i wanted to live off of one income because the way things are set up that person could lose you know one of y'all could lose a job get sick don't have no income it is so stressful to be dependent on two incomes to sustain your lifestyle. If you can buy a home based on one income, you better do it. I hands down, I tell you, it has saved it has saved me in my times of need. Okay, that's the best advice I give anybody. Now, after you didn't got that pre-approval, 
you're good to roll and go ahead and find you a real estate agent, okay? I will say this. It's just as important as when you get that pre-approval, also as to the real estate agent you're going fine. Now, mind you, you heard my, my wreck of a story I had. Didn't get my dream home or whatever, but you want a real estate agent who knows the area you want to buy in, who's really into what the schools are about, what the community is about. You want to know all that. And you want to make sure that your realtor is really working for you, okay? You may go to a home and to test a realtor, they're going to point out little stuff to you. Like, mm, if I was to buy this house, I would most definitely ask them to fix this or make sure that the floors or you see that was ask, ask them when the roof was done. They, they're working for you at that point, okay? Your real estate agent is your first line of defense when you're looking for a home, okay? I would also say that when you go out with your real estate agent, don't just go out one time because you got that emotion in like, oh, I want this house, I want this house. Go back because if that person want to sell you that house, they're going to let you come back in the evening. They're going to let you come on the weekends because I got a story for you. Want to hear? Here you go. I had a client. Now, I told the client, I don't know this area. I'm not familiar with this area. We can go and look, but I don't know this area. She was insisting I be her realtor. We went and looked at the house. Beautiful home. I've even called realtors in the area to say, hey, how's the area? They're like, oh, it's okay, blah, blah, blah. So I told her, it looks nice, it's quiet. I said, but I will come back, you know, just to see how it is at different times because you just don't know. She's like, no, I'm good. I want to buy this house. Bought the house. 30, 45 days later, she called me. Oh, my God. My neighbors are horrible. It's always somebody on the block. I don't even know what happened that day why I was so quiet. I said, well, I said, the only way you can get out of that now is you're going you gonna to rent that house out or you're going to sell it. She was living, okay? Check the house out more than one time. That's what I'm going to tell you. Also, when you're out with that realtor and you're going to shop for that home, which is step five, you want to make sure that you do the following things. You better make sure that you get you a home inspector. A realtor cannot go under, cannot go under the house, can't go get on the roof, can't go kick and look at them pipes, can't go into the attic. Pay $250, $300, whatever it costs to get a home inspection, okay? I say that and I can't stress it enough because you don't know how many people I dealt with who did not want to get their home inspection, okay? I'm going to tell you, people will cover stuff up. They have so many crafty ways to cover up an issue. Get you a home inspector because that way, if it's uncovered, you could get the, um, the, you could tell them, hey, we found this, we want it fixed. But I wouldn't even trust them to fix it. I would say, I'm going to get two um, different quotes to see what it costs. And that's how much credit you're going to give me towards fixing it. Because people are shysty, okay? Second thing that I tell anybody, you better make sure you go in with that inspector and you walk hand in hand with them. 
Because if you got the right one, he's going to point stuff out. He gonna, and he's going to give you a report afterwards, okay? Another thing I would do when I'm out shopping for that house. Okay, Mr. Seller want to sell. I'm going to ask you to give me some give me a concession. Can you give me 2% towards the closing cost? Because guess what? That's going to reduce how much you got to come in at closing. And it's going to help you get that furniture you kind of want, them curtains, that something you want to put outside, the patio furniture. That go your extra money right there. So I would most definitely say, you know, do that and make sure that you um ask for that. I would also say that when you, you with your home inspector, don't just go with who the realtor told you. Also, interview a couple of them. Because some of them just do this on the side and they're not really invested. Make sure you get the right one. You're also going to get what's called a home appraisal. That yes, you have to pay for even if you don't buy the house. And that's what that's going to do is that person is going to go in and appraise what the value of that home is. And you want them to do that because they're going to see if the house is really worth what the seller is asking for. Okay. Um, and it gives you like a legal description of the house and it makes sure you're getting a fair value for the home you're buying. You also want to ask your realtor for what's called a, a comparison. Um, a comparative market analysis. And what that does is shows you the homes that were sold, like even in that subdivision, how much they cost, um, well, how much the, the seller sold them for. Because you want to know, hey, am I really pay overpaying for this house? And then it kind of give you a guesstimate. Oh, this is what my equity will kind of be if I buy this house. So it's important to do that. I would also say that when you find a home, you had your appraisal, your home inspection, I would ask for a home warranty from the seller. And a home warranty is your best friend. Now, mind you, when you buy your house, your first day is yours. You can't go up in there later and say, oh, I saw that this was broke. Can, can the person who sold it to me sell, uh, fix it? No, they can't. So... A home warranty is your best friend. Want to hear a story? Let me tell you. The home I'm sitting in right now, it was about five years old when I purchased it, okay? I was in here about 25 days, and my hot water heater started leaking. And I'm like, okay, let me call NICOR, because I had a little warranty through them. NICOR came out and told me, well, we only pay up to $400, and this going to be about $900. So you still got to pay us that difference $500 I said okay have a nice day I sat down on my couch I was like you got a home warranty call them people they came out the next day guess how much I paid out of pocket $70 don't ever tell me what a home warranty can't do for you it was $70 I paid now mind you I either can pay $600 a month I mean $600 a year for my home warranty or you could pay like I'm paying I could pay like $66 it is such a peace of mind to have a warranty that will cover your furnace, your um, hot water heater, your washer, dryer, dishwasher, all of that. I've had my home warranty out here a couple of times to fix stuff and replace stuff because if they can't fix it, they replace it. 
Hands down, get your home warranty. It will save your life and take stress up out off your mind, okay? Now, you done got all this done, and you're going to closing. You popping your fingers, you ready to get signed on papers, right? Not so fast. When you go to that closing, you better have your real estate attorney. Because your realtor can't give you no advice about, oh, that don't look right. Uh-uh. You pay a real estate attorney for that. You pay them. And you sit back, let them look over everything, and explain everything to you. And then you sign. Don't go to that closet without a, uh, um, without a lawyer. You look kind of foolish if you do that, okay? I don't care how smart you are. No, because things change all the time, okay? And even before you go to that closing, you go look at that house again. You want to do a final walkthrough. Because like I told you, people will go and change stuff on you. They'll hide stuff. And sometimes they don't even be moved out. Can you believe that? So, they ain't moved out. Okay, Mr. Seller, I'm going to charge you X, Y, and Z every day until you get out of what's going to be my house. And here's a, another thing. I want all my money for the next 45 days taken out of this closing right now. So, you got 45 days. Every day you sit, I already got my money. For them to get the heck on gone, okay? Because believe me, sellers will pull it if they can. You done done all that. Now you good to go. Sign them papers. Move in. Start decorating. And be happy because you got a home warranty. You got all that, okay? Your realtor is your best friend. The home inspector, appraisals, and your lawyer. Them your friends, okay? I just thought to myself... <laughs> A lot of people don't know uh, what they know until they know it. And I thought I should take the time to, you know, go over some of this stuff and give you guys some tips on buying a home. It's just, it's an investment. It's a business transaction. And you want to make sure that you're making sound decisions when you're buying a house. And always remember, location, location, location. It pays to buy in the right location at the right time. So do your homework, even outside of your realtor. It's going to help you, okay? So I hope this has reached someone who needed to hear this today. And as I always say, embrace your uniqueness and walk in your purpose. Because at the end of the day, you are only given one life. I pray that you live it to your fullest capacity and always remember to give back. This is my way of giving back to those who have poured into me. So until we meet again, my good people, stay safe. Have a good day. Bye-bye.